We can start a recording. Good evening. Today is Wednesday, April 14th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the doctor's opinion. My name is Marla, and I'm a very, very grateful um, recovered compulsive overeater. So um, we're talking about the doctor's opinion today, and I'm going to be going to freestyle a little plus try to pull off of a presenta presentation I did on the doctor's opinion prior um, to this a while back. Um, so hopefully I don't get confused trying to do both. Um, I'd like to just start by uh, showing you a couple pictures of my before, before I came to Overeaters Anonymous and actually got well. So I can do this without messing you guys up. Uh, I put it right here. These are a couple of my before pictures. Um, I used to weigh 284 pounds at my top weight, um, my top measured weight that I'm aware of. And when I was in that weight, um, I hope you guys can see these, uh, I was not a very happy camper. <laughs> I couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. So I don't need to tell you about how fun it is to be overweight. You know that already, I'm sure. This was the difference in school photos that I took one year. Uh, I don't know, it's like 10 years apart. Um, so now, thank God for the program, I am happily maintaining um, a weight loss of about 120 pounds. Thank you, God. And um, I have kept that off and have been maintaining that for about eight and a half years now, which is a flipping miracle. <laughs> so let me get back to the stop share here. Thanks. Okay. So I think you, I'm done showing you the little stuff there. All right. So what happened? What's, what's my situation? Um, I just like to tell you in the beginning, um, I had tried uh, to stop overeating and binging for many years. Um, I've tried lots of different things, therapy, uh, trainers, diets, weight loss centers, um, all sorts of things, self-help books. I even tried three eating disorder treatment centers. Um, one of them was an inpatient six-week deal. And I absolutely nothing, nothing ever worked for me. I kept clinging to the thought that somewhere um, in all of this, I would somehow find a way to be able to eat my favorite foods in moderation and enjoy them and maintain a decent weight while still eating my favorite foods. Um, but what happened was eventually as my disease progressed, um, I came to see that I had lost the power of choice and control at all. I couldn't stop myself from doing the things I desperately did not want to be doing. And I could not make myself do the things I desperately wanted to be doing with food and eating behaviors. Um, so I had to concede to my innermost self, innermost self, I'm not a normal eater. I spent years and years trying to prove I could be a normal eater. And just with a little diet or this is, I could get well. Well, I've luckily learned in program that I am not a normal eater, okay? And that it's not just my brain. I used to believe that it was my life problems, that I needed my therapy. And if I could just start feeling better, you know, if I could solve my marriage issue or my kids stress or my parents killed themselves or this or this, I thought I just needed to figure out why. I spent years trying to figure out why. And what the doctor's opinion has done uh, for me, and I love it because it taught me something really important. I 
I do, I did suffer from emotional issues, you know, stress eating and stuff like that, definitely. But what the doctor's opinion makes really clear to me is that I also have a physical problem. It's a physical problem. And so if you look at page, let me see what I hear you, page XXVI in the doctor's opinion. Um, and I'm gonna read to you just a couple paragraphs. It says here that uh, we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe. Now the big book doesn't usually tell us we must do anything, but they're telling me right here, if I wanna get well, I must believe this that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as their mind. It does not satisfy us to be told that we cannot control our drinking just because we're maladjusted to life, we're in full flight from reality, or outright mental defectives, which for many years I think I was, I thought I was. What the hell is wrong with me? Why can't I stop eating like a crazy person? Um, but it says these things were true to a certain extent, some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. And in our belief, any picture of the alcoholic, which leaves out the physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. Okay, so what are they talking about when they say this allergy? You know, most of us think of allergy as I break out in hives or, you know, I have peanut butter, my throat closes up, right? But what I learned from the doctor's opinion and from many, many people in OA sharing recovery with me is that I have an allergy. It All that really means, if you look it up in some dictionary, it just means an abnormal reaction to something, okay? Normal people who eat chocolate chip cookies, they will put it in, they'll have a few, like my roommate in college, she would eat, she would take her bite of chocolate chip cookie, take a little bite, she would chew it, swallow it, and put it on. You know, I mean, she'd have one or two of the cookie, but when her body recognized it had enough, or it was full, she was able to stop. She, she'd close the lid on the tin. I personally was never able to do stuff like that. Now, is that because I was a moral defective person or that I'm a bad, no. What I didn't know, and the, the big book makes this very clear to us, is that my body is different. Just like it's not your fault if you get stung by a bee and you break out or your throat closes up. You didn't do anything wrong to cause that. It is not your fault. Okay. Same thing with me. When I ingest certain foods, they go in my body. For me, it happens to be like really fatty, high fatty stuff or um, sugary desserty kinds of things. I can't handle sweets. I just, my body, they come into my body and I break out in cravings. It's called the phenomenon of craving. So what I'm gonna do is jump around a little bit here. Um, what it says to us, Dr. Dr. Chronic, Dr. Silkworth believed that chronic alcoholics have a physical allergy, that when the alcoholics consumed any alcohol in any form at all, they would develop this phenomenon of craving that would make them unable to control their alcohol consumption. That once they took that first bite of liquor, it went in their body and they were doomed to just keep wanting more and more and more and more. Now, I don't have that problem with certain foods. If you gave me an artichoke, I don't do that, okay? If you gave me a steak, I like steak, and I probably would eat a lot of it because it's good. But if, if you know, you said, here's your steak, you know, and it, 
I, I would not feel the need later to go seeking more steak or to sneak steak and hide it in my purse or, you know, sneak it into the house and wait until my kids went to the bed and have more steak. Okay. So the foods that I crave, the allergic foods for me are the ones that are because of this phenomenon of craving the allergy. I can't handle the foods. The problem all those years, every time I tried through eating disorder clinics or OA previous, I tried to eat the allergic foods. I try to eat those foods that caused me to crave and not be able to stop. Even when I was sweating, even when I was feeling like I was going to puke, even when I couldn't breathe or I'm crying, I've got to stop. Why do I, I don't want anymore. And I don't, I don't have an off switch once I ingest those foods. Okay. So I finally really just had to admit to myself in this program that I am different and that if I continue to do that, try to eat those foods in moderation, I will be continuing to lose weight like I did in the past. When I put it down, I can lose the weight. When I start eating them again, thinking I can put it in moderation, it doesn't happen. I just keep growing and going and going. So by the time my uh, disease had progressed to the advanced stages, I, I had eaten way past the point of being full. And sometimes I'd eat as much as into like a food coma. I just, I just couldn't stop. So it's not my fault. I have an abnormal reaction. Other people, they eat certain foods. They like it a lot. They really like it. Maybe at Halloween, they'll overeat a little bit of candy or, you know, they'll steal some of their kids' Valentine's chocolate or something. A lot of people overeat sometimes a little bit, but for me, it was just like a given. No matter what I put in my body, I can never, ever, ever safely predict, am I going to be able to stop? Will I be able to stop? If so, when? How much am I going to ingest before I stop? How can I get more? Can I get more without uh, other people knowing? So if I'm not eating the food that I just, if I'm not, or if it's all gone, I'm still thinking, how am I gonna get more? Um, again, it was just something, again, I'm not a bad person. I don't know why I'm born like that. I just am, okay? It's like I wouldn't beat somebody else up for having shrimp, you know, allergy that closes up their throat. I didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for your problem with food. And we don't have to beat ourselves up, but we do have to accept that this is our problem, if that's your problem. Until I accepted it and stopped eating those very foods that do this to me, if I continue to try to get well in OA while still eating my allergic foods, I am doomed to keep failing, okay? I'm absolutely doomed. So if I want permanent recovery, it's very painful. But I have to admit, Carla, you could do this for another 35 years if you want to, but I finally said, I, have, I cannot handle this. Let's look at the doctor's opinion again. What does it tell us about these foods? If you look over on page XXX, um, it talks about here at the very bottom. I know I'm jumping around, guys. I'm not going to be able to take this through in the whole sequence. But if we look at the second to bottom paragraph, it says, all these and many others have one symptom in common. Okay, so all the alcoholics, they cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. So for me, I cannot eat what personally allergic foods are for me and your allergic foods might be very different for you than mine are for me. No one can tell you what your body is having allergic abnormal reactions of cravings to. It goes on to say this phenomenon, as we have suggested,
This is very any treatment, never been by any treatment which we are familiar, permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire absence. When they say entire absence, they mean entire absence. <laughs> they don't mean, Marla, you get to eat some of the European chocolate when you're on a vacation and you won't have the allergy. I don't mean because it's your birthday once a year that you can have cake and the allergy will disappear. Entire absence means the alcoholic who wants to stay sober for their lifetime, they don't go into this thing thinking that some, not the ones that stay permanently recovered. I, I can't go on here thinking that someday I will be able to be safe eating Reese's peanut butter cups. I know that. I don't like it. I hated that. I didn't want to deal with that, but that was reality. And I had to admit it at some point. And then the problem was, it was so painful. I, I couldn't get myself to stop. Now, if that's all it was, if we only had this physical allergy and we were getting off, if your doctor said, Marla, you can't handle peanut butter, you're allergic, you're going to die if you eat it. I would probably have just stopped eating peanut butter, right? And in program, you know, I look at my history as an eater and go, wow, well, so if you just told me, okay, so don't eat cupcakes, don't eat brownies, you know, stop and you'll never get fat again. You'll never have this out of control. Great. If that's all it was, I could have put that food down on every diet I ever tried. Every diet. <laughs> Anytime I tried to diet or, or eat healthfully, you know, I'm only going to eat sweets in combination with protein. I'm only going to have one cheat day a week. I need to eat those foods in moderation failed. I always gained the weight back plus more, okay? So if the problem was just taking it out of my life and not eating it anymore, I'd be good. I would be fine. But this program has taught me that as a real compulsive overeater, I have two problems. I am not just a person who suffers from the physical allergy. also have something called the obsession of the mind, okay? Now, what's the obsession of the mind? Well, the obsession of the mind is the thing that happens to those of us who I can be abstinent or weeks, months, days, I don't know. And fine, for a while I'm on a honeymoon, I love it, I feel that sense of power and control. But somewhere in there, somewhere after whatever period of time of not having it, the obsession of the mind is what causes me to pick it up again. Even though it could kill me, even though it is killing me, even though once I do, once I start eating, I can, at one, one week after, gosh, I, I think I'd lost about 75 pounds on one commercial program. And then I started eating chocolate again that night. And after that one bite, I started immediately sneaking the chocolate chip cookies in it. Just, just was the first bite of the cookie. And those three cookies, then I threw them out. And the problem was it was planted in me. Somewhere the allergy got triggered. Now the next day or two or three, I didn't eat them anymore. Somehow I was able to stop, right? But then a few days later, it was like, oh, I got away with it last time. You know, maybe I can have a couple of cookies today. And pretty soon the binges kept getting closer and closer and closer together. That's why it, I can never safely predict there might have been a couple of times I could get away with eating half a piece of wedding cake with a friend or something because there was only a piece there anyway. You know, <laughs> I might get away with it sometimes, but I never know. That's the problem. 
I never ever know. And for me, one bite can trigger a binge that will take me on uh, a four month bender or a four year bender. I don't know. One week, literally after I had gained, lost 75 pounds, I think it was, I picked up those cookies and started off. I couldn't get back. Five minutes. I couldn't get back on it for any time. And what happened was um, I gained one time 17 pounds in one week, all because it started with that little binge from the three chocolate chip cookies. A couple later, 17 pounds in a week. Okay, my binging had gotten that out of control. I'd like you to look at the paragraph um, that is at the bottom of, let's go backwards a little. XXVIII, the very bottom paragraph. And I'm going to share my screen on this in a minute if I can. This for me actually describes what my problem is as an overeater. Okay, why I'm an addict. It's called the cycle of eating, basically. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol or food. The sensation is so elusive that while we admit it's injurious, we cannot after a time differentiate the truth from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontent unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which once comes at once by taking those few bites or drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they've succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and now I've eaten my first bite of whatever my allergy food is, the phenomenon of craving develops. And then we pass through the well-known stages of a spree or a binge, and who knows how long that thing is going to last until it's finally over, <laughs> emerging remorse. Why did I do that again? God, I thought I was, I, I was doing so well today. We get remorseful and resolve again at some after I binge, or it might be a two month binge, a two day binge. I don't know, but when it's over, somewhere in there, I'm going to be like, okay, I, I, I'm going to start. I'm going to start over. January first, I will start over. Okay, I have this resolution. I'm going to start another day. Maybe I do, and I, I'll have a new resolution. I'll try for a while, and sometimes I can. By the end, I couldn't. But that cycle is repeated over and over and over again. And I will be doomed as a hopeless eater for the rest of my life until, it says, until, here's the hope, I can experience an entire psychic change. Now, how do we get that psychic change? That's why we work the 12 steps. Because we've all probably done our dieting thing, but as an untreated eater, just dieting, just losing weight, just getting abstinence, I'm still the same me. I still have the same brain. I still have the same reactions to life. And if I don't work these 12 steps and get a new design for living from the inside out, I will inevitably succumb to that mental thought, that mental obsession that's going to tell me, hey, it's your birthday, Marla. Come on, just have one piece of cake today. Okay, now do I have time to just show my little um, graphic thing here real quickly? Okay, Amy, thank you. I'm going to, I'm asking to keep that same paragraph in mind. Okay. And I'm going to share with you, this is made by another guy in program. I love him. His name's Don C. He's got a lot of years in recovery. And I just would like to explain this graphic to you that I think 
amazingly describes uh, what happens to us. So here's that same paragraph that we looked at in the book, okay? So let's just imagine for a second that I'm starting out, I'm gonna start me over here on resolutions, okay? I, I, I'm sick of myself, it's January 1st, I am now gonna start my new exercise program, I'm gonna start my diet, okay? And I promise that I'm never gonna let myself get fat again, I'm not gonna overeat anymore, whatever it is, okay? So now I'm doing very well for a while. And most of us in this cycle do really well. I'm doing really well. Okay, I've made some promises to myself. Somewhere in there, it could be a, a few days. It could be a couple of weeks, a month, or two years of great eating. I don't know what it is. But for me, as an overeater, those first few days of high or months when I'm in control of my weight, I feel great. And that's fantastic. But as soon as something in me starts to kind of restore back to my normal situation, who I normally am, I will at some point get feelings of discomfort somehow. I'm going to be restless, irritable, edgy. Discontentious means unhappy in any way. For me, that could be angry, frustrated, guilty, whatever it is. Feelings happen to me. That, that's uncomfortable, okay? I don't like that, okay? And so it says until I can again experience a sense of ease and comfort. So now I'm, I want resolution to this. I don't want to feel uncomfortable, right? So in that icky feeling, over here then, I suddenly start to, it pops in my mind. Now here's where like my obsession starts. To, maybe, maybe a couple of brownies would help. You know, if I just, I'm just gonna have a little bite here, take the edge off, right? This is what I do. I start thinking and remembering only the good stuff, okay? So that means I'm, I, I don't really remember the reality of the last time I got in my car and ate a whole pan of apple crisps and how I was crying and almost vomiting and couldn't breathe. But my memory is just starting to remind me of the good times. The food was great. I loved it. I need a little taste. I do that. Then my lie, my big obsession, the curious mental twist that us addicts have. We addicts say things to ourselves like, it's not going to hurt me this time. Or I'm just going to have one this time. Or she made it especially for me. I, I can't say no to her. We lie to ourselves. We convince ourselves somewhere that it is not going to be that big a deal. I, I detach myself from the consequences, okay? I, I can't remember what happened the last time. So I make a lie and somewhere in it, I succumb. I believe that lie. Again, I'm not a bad person, but my brain is screwed. I can't stop that lie from coming in until I get healed with the 12 steps of the program recovery. So I eat the food, okay, take that first bite, give into it, then, sorry, then my craving begins. Here comes the compulsion. Now suddenly I can't stop. I get the phenomenon of craving. Boom, boom, boom. I'm eating out of control for however long it is until I feel terrible again, whatever time period that is, I feel terrible. And now I'm back to finally, I'm done, ready to start again. Guess what? The whole thing goes over and over and over until the circle gets tinier. And this is my life. This was my life for years before I found the program of recovery. So putting the food down, an absolute necessity. I have to clear my body out of the allergy foods or I will keep having cravings. Okay. But once that food is down, the only thing I can do to continue a permanent recovery, to stop that mental twist from kicking in and lying to me and me believing the lie, I have to work the 12 steps of recovery. That is the only thing that gave me relief for eight and a half years. I have not wanted to overeat those same things. Nothing has made me want to pick up a first bite 
and I can be around them today. I am neutral. The promises are that I'm free around those shoes. I can hold them, cook them, eat with them, have them in my trunk. My they don't bother me anymore. I don't want those shoes. But I never wanted to just put the food down. Never. And then he died. I always wanted to eat, even when I was dieting. So the thing that changes me up here from wanting it is the 12-step program of recovery. And I will pass with that. I don't know how long extra I went. I'm sorry that I went over. Thank you very much. Okay. Now we go back to the site. <laughs> Multitasking here. Um, now we are going to open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. Uh, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate, please, specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise the virtual hand, which is under your reactions button, or click star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host, me, well, I guess I'm the host, I will, is that me, Amy? I'm the one. Uh, I will. I will call the raised hands in order. Okay, and then our timekeeper, who is um, Karen, is going to set a timer for three minute shares or shorter. Okay, thank you. Um, and we're gonna have to stop the sharing, the recording at 8.47, or is that, yeah, 8.47 your time. So someone, if you notice that I'm going overtime, just yell out at me, okay? So let's see who's interested in sharing or asking a question. We are now going to do that. Okay, I see Amy, and then we'll go with Tony next. Go ahead, Amy. Hi, Marla. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everybody else who's read and given service. Thank you to everybody who's shown up here today. Here's my question for you. You said, and I agree completely, that no one can tell anybody else what their alcoholic foods are. So when you're sponsoring a newcomer or when you're considering for yourself, how do you determine or how do you help someone else determine what their alcoholic foods are? Or can you, I guess. Thanks, Amy, great question. Um, I'll tell you right now, uh, there are definitely people in this program that can eat foods I can't eat, okay? And I can eat programs that some of my friends can't eat. I actually had a sponsor that can could have one of those little Hershey miniatures after every meal. Now that would kill me. That would send me to my desk shortly. She can do it. She's not, she doesn't have a problem with chocolate. I do. Okay. So how do we find out what those foods are? Most of the time, first of all, if we get gut level honest with ourselves and we are ready to get well, I mean, permanently ready to stop wanting to overeat and get well. We have to get very rigorously honest with ourselves. So what that means for a lot of people, first, I look at what are the obvious things, okay? What are the obvious foods that you know you can't stop on once you start? The ones that you'd probably cry if you didn't think you could ever have them again. Those are probably the ones you're allergic to. And that's what sucks about, the about being an addict. You know, the alcoholics were not thrilled, I'm sure, about knowing they have to stop drinking in order to get but that's, that's life as an addict. Um, so how do you do that? How do you find, so for me, I, find, I, I encourage my sponsors to look at obviously the most obvious ones. What are the ones you binge on? What are the ones that once you start, you cannot stop? What are the ones that you find yourself looking to immediately for ease, for comfort when you're sad, when you're guilty, when your boss has yelled at you? Go for those first big obvious ones, okay? 
The ones you sneak, that you hide, that you steal, that you lie about, those are big guys, okay? Then I also look, I have people, what I do with sponsors is I have them go through every food group that they can think of. Most of us have ever dieted. We know about starches and uh, the beverage group and the condiment group and the protein group. I have my sponsors go through all the food groups, fats, fruits, protein group, and then starches and grains. And they just kind of think about all the ones they ever eat. Okay, what do, do I have a problem with pretzels? Do I have a problem with this? Just whatever foods they eat in those groups. Do, can I stop on almonds once I put them? And basically that's how they do it. They kind of divide them into the foods they know they never have a problem. Okay. Um, and then there are people that have, that can overeat on anything because another issue for me, Amy, is that I am a volume eater. Okay. That for me means that I, as an overeater, I am a volume addict too. I, if I like a food, even if it's an egg, even if it's a, 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 a celery, if I like it, I can eat the whole thing, believe it or not, but I'm not allergic to celery. Okay, I'm not, I could stop. They don't make me go out and seek celery and sneak and hide, but I don't know. That's 10. Oh, thank you. Okay, if you have more That questions. was a great answer, Marla. Thank you very much. That was very helpful. Okay. Oh, sorry, I should be next. Um, Tony, and then we'll go with Sarah. Hi, Tony, compulsive overeater. Marla, you know what? contempt prior to investigation. I thought, what does this little thin lady in Iowa have to say that I'm going to relate to? And girl, you knocked my socks off. I was like the cartoon character with the boing eyes. Thank you so much. I mean, the doctor's opinion is my absolute favorite because my whole life, I just felt that I was wrong, that I was different, that I didn't fit in until I read that I have an allergy of the body that causes an obsession of the mind. And the only cure is absolute abstinence. I love that AA, absolute abstinence. I never heard that before. Um, the, I am just gobsmacked. And my question after all that would be, if I put my email in there, could you please send me that chart as a reminder to me of the vicious, vicious effing cycle? Thank you, thank you so much. You bet. Sarah, and thanks for the nice words. Sarah? Hey there, thanks so much for sharing with us tonight, Marla. Um, okay, so I've got a comment and then I have a question. Um, just, I think it might be helpful. I, I, I used to go to a lot of AA meetings, I'm not an alcoholic, but um, I found them to be really helpful. And I remember this guy in the meeting who's not a food addict was talking about how he knows he's an alcoholic. And he was saying how like he went to Dunkin' Donuts and he was before work and he had, he had, he got two donuts and he had planned on eating the second one later. So he had one. And then for whatever reason, it, like he ate it too fast. So he was like, I'm just going to have the second one. And he described how like, he felt like such crap and he just, he just hated it. And he, he really, after that, like he couldn't even eat donuts for like weeks after that. Cause he just felt like such crap. And he said how like he'd gotten drunk so many times and in the morning he'd feel like crap but then he would just keep drinking. And like, I'm not an alcoholic. So that story was so helpful. Cause I'm like, wow, that's totally me. Like I will feel horrible in the morning. It's like the big book has that story of this guy that makes himself feel better. He has like a hammer. He's got a headache and he's like, I'm just going to beat myself over my head with this hammer. And it's insane. And that's exactly what I do with food. I make myself so sick sometimes. And then 
I just keep eating it the next morning, even when, even when I'm sick. So on that point, my question is talking about the allergy. So you mentioned volume. I'm coming out of my like millionth relapse. And I find for me in program, a recurring issue that I have is that I become more and more strict with what I'm eating, usually at the behest of my sponsor, because we don't know what's triggering me. So yeah, there are obvious things for me. Like I'm not, I can't have the chocolate after my meals. Okay. I don't do sugar. I don't do a lot of high fat things, but I can honestly say that like there was a time when I was working my program when I wasn't having any like colored vegetables. And that's not even a restrictive thing. It was like, we noticed that I kept binging on bell peppers. And so I can name a, a lot of store foods like that, that are seemingly benign. Um, like right now I don't have any fruit in my food plan. And it's like, I've binged on so many things to like a very high degree that I don't know, honestly, in my gut, whether certain things are allergic for me. So what would you recommend people that have like serious problems with volume eating, determining like those final foods? That is a great question. So what I would recommend for me as a volume eater, I would ask yourself first, if you've ever tried limiting or moderating those foods, okay? For me, I have to weigh and measure my portions, okay? If of, of any of the foods, even the healthy foods that are not my binge foods, like I said, I can overeat on anything I like, all right? Doesn't mean I have to be allergic to the, the allergic foods. I binge on, I get out of control, get the phenomenon craving. Time. Yeah. Ready? Oh, bummer. Sarah, I'm- No, 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 take another, take another minute or so and answer that. That's a great question. Okay. Thank you, Karen. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. You're good at this. Um, okay, so what I do, Sarah, is I would test out for yourself the ones you're not sure of, possibly try- weighing and measuring a portion size. Okay, let me give you an example. For me, pistachios were a food that I could pour the whole three pound bag from Costco in a big bowl. And if I'm sitting in front of TV with a whole bowl of pistachios, I can eat the whole bowl. Okay, I don't have an off switch. My body, I think, is different in the sense that I don't register full. Okay, I just don't, I don't see full. I don't register normal portion size. It's just my brain is whacked and so is my body. I can keep eating way past full. Okay, so I tried on this program, I wanted to use that as a fat. I was like, I don't know if that's a binge food for me, if it's an allergy food, or if I just like them a lot, right? So I was told to put uh, them in the measured portion size. My dietitian told me 17 pistachios was a portion of fat, right? I put them in my little baggies, put them in my cupboard, and then at time for lunch, I grab a bag. Now, I ate one little baggie of 17, and you know what? I was okay. I could stop. And I didn't have any more. So I would recommend possibly trying, if you're not sure, if see if it is a food you can eat in moderation and stop on. You already know the ones you probably severely binge on, but if it's something you cannot stop on, then I would say definitely don't have it at all, entirely abstain. But it might be a food, for me, it's like pasta. If I weigh and measure a piece of pasta, I, I can handle pasta. But before, if I cook it and serve it and I didn't... <laughs> So for me, it was get my food plan. It tells me how much I'm eating of the foods I can eat. Then I always stick to those weights and measures. Okay. And before I go uh, to the next person, I'm going to also just let you know, I'm going to put my email in the chat box for any of you and my phone number. And so if you want to email me a request, I'd like you to email me first or text me and I will send you that uh, cycle of addiction. Beverly, do you want to go? 
I'm Marla. Thank you for your share. I'm Beverly from Maryland Compulsive Overeater. And um, I wanted to ask a question, um, to, I guess, um, about when sponsoring and trying to help someone. So if you tell a person, you, you know, you explain to them the doctor's opinion, you kind of say, well, you know, um, it's not your fault, but we want you to be abstinent. So how do you how do you help that person? Um, you know, because you tell them it's not your fault, but I need you to be abstinent at least, you know, for a couple of days before I can help you. Yeah, I love that. It's like, oh, I come here because I'm out of control and I'm powerless, powerless over food. So what do you want me to do? Stop eating. Oh, right. Thanks. Like, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. How in the heck do I do that? You guys, I have totally lost track of the time. Do we need to stop now? Keep going. Amy, I'm, will you pay attention and tell me when I'm supposed to transition to something else? This okay. is wonderful stuff. And okay. I think you should keep going. Okay. okay. So Beverly, what I just found that ludicrous, you know, again, <laughs> You're telling me that I can't, that I have to admit powerlessness, right? How am I supposed to stop eating when I just gained 17 pounds in one week, right? What am I supposed to do? So, all right, when I work with sponsors on this, what, what, and what I've learned when I was getting well, you know, there's a difference between being powerless and helpless, okay? Now, I could guarantee you if someone said, Marla, I bet if you could keep your food down for 24 hours, all of your binge foods for 24 hours, I am going to pay off the mortgage on your house today, okay? Or I bet that we're, guess what? How about that Sophie's Choice movie? What, do you want to give me your son or your daughter to put them to death? Uh, neither, I don't want to give you any of my son or my daughter, right? Well, you're going to have to stay absent for 24 hours. I would find a way to avoid eating those binge foods if it was that important to me, okay? Or if they said, tomorrow you will wake up dead if you don't abstain today, okay? So what do I tell my sponsors? We have to set up an environment that is as close to a treatment center as possible, okay? I am powerless over the compulsion and the craving once it starts, okay? So it's like once I pull the trigger on the gun and the, the bullet is out, boom, cravings are gonna start. But I'm not powerless over doing whatever it takes to not pick up the gun. Okay, so that might mean asking someone to hold the gun for me, moving into a hotel and staying there for two weeks during my first weeks, getting all my binge foods out of the house, asking my family to help me. Uh, the first three weeks of my abstinence, I had to avoid temptation at all costs. I didn't go into the staff lounge when it was treat day. I didn't go to weddings. I avoided restaurants for the first couple months because I was so addicted to it. And while I was working the steps, I had to be willing to go to any length to get the food out of my life, out of my face, change my playmates, my playground, my children. I didn't cook. For. We used to, uh, husband, please bring, if I want to get well, because it is my life on the line, I will go to that length. If it meant saving my kid's life and not eating for one day, I would do it. And I had to lock myself in my bedroom in the beginning. So what we try to do is create that safe space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Treatment center, I can't get access to the food. They only give me so much unless I sneak out or got it in some. But it, I have to find a way to limit access. For one of my friends, that meant she didn't take money with her in her car. Another girl never took money into work because she would always go to the venue. Figure out with your sponsors 
What are your problem areas gonna be? What do you know? For me, it was nighttime binging. So I made myself go into my bedroom at eight o'clock or 7.30 every night. It didn't mean that I had to go to sleep, but I was not, I locked myself in my room, literally. You cannot come up, whatever it takes, Beverly, to white knuckle. In the beginning, it is nothing more than a white knuckled on for dear life thing, but I'm not powerless. I can make that happen. And if that's then while I'm, then I work the steps like crazy, okay, to get the relief because the relief comes from the recovery in the steps. Okay, I hope that helps. Yes, that was good. I'm gonna have to record that one and write it out. You, <laughs> like call, said, call me, yeah, call me really sometime. Good. We can talk about it. No problem. Okay, thank you. That was really good. Luckily, it was recorded, and I'm gonna end the recording right now.